Welcome to King's Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information about King's Church, visit kcnyc.org. If life was just about what you could gain in this world, if life was just about being known, if it was about being famous, if it was about having money, having the house that you want and the cars that you want, and having everyone in the world know who you are and love you, if that was what it was about, then we would still have Robin Williams with us. Why do people who seemingly have everything in their lives, there must be something more. And you know this. You know this in your heart. And just because some of these people are up here today and they came on purpose to outside church doesn't mean that they fully comprehend this and walk in it either. You see, we're not different. We're not better than anyone else. All we know is that the one thing, the one person, the one man that can fulfill us, His name is Jesus. And that's why we're here. We don't have a theology. We have a testimony. I don't argue theology with people. I know what He's done in my life. I remember being a military officer and having a wonderful career lined up and having the house and having the cars and having the money and having the girls and having the alcohol and everything I wanted and I still wanted to be dead. I was a drummer at a mega church every weekend. I was in church and I still wanted to be dead. There's something more, my friend. The difference between me now and me then was that I stopped looking at God as someone that I wanted to be friends with benefits with. Friends with benefits doesn't work out. And the Bible says that God is a jealous one. He's a jealous lover. He's not going to share us. And the reason you might have turmoil inside, even if everything in your life is going great, if you don't have Jesus, I promise you that you do not have true peace. How could I know this? Because your peace is circumstantial. If everything falls apart, you fall apart. If everything's going good, you're going good. Anyone ever lived that way before? It's miserable. You can't even enjoy when it's good because you are afraid to take a deep breath because you might get sucker punched and lose all of your air if something else happens. It's like you're walking on eggshells. You're just hoping this thing can just keep going. That's because the only freeing way to live is to die. We were called to die to ourselves so that Christ could live inside of us. Listen to what the Bible says. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. You see, when I wanted to be dead, I needed a brand new life because I hated the one that I had. I didn't want my life to get better. I wanted my life to be over. And the Lord came to me 
And in that moment that I wanted to be dead, he didn't coddle me. It was actually a season of seven months where I didn't want to live any longer. And I was kind of just going through the motions trying to figure out what's next. Maybe you've been there. But the Lord didn't come up and give me a hug. He didn't tell me, Shane, you're amazing just the way you are. You're just seeing life differently. No, he didn't do that. I wanted to be dead. And you know what God said to me? Shane, I had this thought. I was sitting on my bed and I had a thought that was directed at me because God will speak to you. And the thought I had was, Shane, you have never lived for me one day in your entire life. I wanted to be dead and I grew up in church for 25 years. That's probably not what I would have drawn up if I was writing a movie about someone getting encountered by God. Said, you've never lived for me a day in your life. Why is that the first thing he addresses? Because that's the biggest problem. I had lived for myself every day. Everything I did. God, I want to be in the military. Will you make it happen? God, I want to go to this college. Can you make it happen? God, I want to be on the worship team because I think that would be really cool. Would you make it happen? Everything was for me. And you can't keep that up for long. You can't keep this juggling act up for very long. The Bible tells us that you are not made to juggle and that everything you're juggling at some point will come crashing down. And then God swoops in. And he gets to the heart of my issue that I've been living for myself. Listen to what the rest of this verse says. Now all things are of God who has reconciled us to Himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. Now then we are ambassadors for Christ as though God were pleading through us. My friend, please hear me. The God who created all of this, and you know that God created all of this. I won't pretend like there are atheists in this crowd. Because the Bible says in Romans chapter 1 that everyone knows someone is responsible for all of this. It's a spirit of unbelief. There are no atheists. It's an identity. And in today's culture, can't you flip your identity every five seconds? In Texas, we have high schoolers that think they're cats. And they have litter boxes in the schools. And that should make you cry. Because they don't know who they are. So they try to identify with whatever they can to get a feeling. Be honest with yourself. Have you ever lived to catch a feeling? The world says it's better to feel pain than nothing at all. I think that's absolutely stupid. It just shows how sensually driven we are. We'd rather be crushed than just be content and be nothing. There are no atheists. We all know someone is responsible for everything we see. For the nature, for the beauty, the fact that the sun rises, the fact that you're here. And you must wonder, what's my purpose? God says, right here. He actually says that He's pleading through Christians. Sometimes you might hear us and think that we're hateful. 
The Bible says that God is pleading through us, be reconciled to me. Be made right with me. Now, why would God say be reconciled to me if you and him are okay? Because you're not okay. How do I know you're not okay? Because the next verse says this, for he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God. You know, I even hear famous preachers saying, well, we're all God's children. No, we're not. Colossians 1 tells us we're far from God's children. In fact, we're born enemies. Hostile towards God because of the wicked way that our mind works. The world would say that we're inherently good, and the Bible says you are evil in your nature. Be honest with yourself again. I'm not judging. Have you ever done something out of character and you thought, where in the world did that come from? That's not like me. I can't believe the thought I just had. That was horrible. Where did that come from? It's because of sin. And the Bible says that Jesus came to redeem that sinful nature that we have so that you could become something. Not so that you could be successful. He's a good father. He cares about your success. But that's not his primary goal. I have a son, and I hope that he grows up to be very successful. But I hope more that he has the character and integrity to back it up. Because if he doesn't, success will crush him. And if he doesn't have integrity, success will expose him. Because it's a breeding ground for the flesh. And that's why we see people at the top doing horrific things. Are you really surprised at the power grabs, at the control, at the manipulation, at the lies, at the murder that happens? I'm not surprised a bit. We're all capable of it. Jesus said, if you even look at someone with hate, you've committed murder in your heart. That includes our president, Christians someone says the name of our president and you go, ugh, I hate that guy. You don't have God's heart. I'm an equal opportunity offender. I care about your heart. And so does God. And the purpose of your life is not to get to the end and have a big family and a 401k and a statue and a building with your name on it and all the great things you did. That stuff could be awesome. But what's more important than that is at the end of your life, you still maintain the confession that Jesus Christ is Lord and He's the only way to be saved. Some of you laugh, but I know that you've cried yourself to sleep at night because life gets hard and you don't know what to do about it. Someone I really admire, his name's Charlie Kirk, he said this, He said, people think that they're free because they can do whatever they want. Maybe you hear my voice and you think, I don't need religion. I'm a free man. I'm a free woman. Well, answer me this. Why is it that you're so free, but you're stuck doing things you hate in secret? You're not free. I could cry. You think you're free, but there's things you wish you could do and you can't because there's something wrong with your heart. And you think you're free, but you're so bound 
And I know because I was that man. And Jesus came and said, Son, you've served me your whole life in church for yourself. You've served me in quotes. You spent your whole life in church. You've maintained your Christian confession, but you've never lived for me. And that is why your heart is a mess. And that is why your mind is perverted and twisted. But if you come to me, I will make you a new creation. If you come to me, I'll give you new life. If you come to me, I'll give you new desires. I don't wake up in the morning and bite my lip and try to be religious and not sin. I wake up and I could just say his name and I could weep because of what he's done to me. And that's not a theology. You can hate me for what I say, but you can't argue with my life. Because I once was a drunkard who used women for my own pleasure, but I professed the name of Jesus, and now the thought of that makes me want to be sick. Because my heart's pure. And just reading a book can't do that to you. There's no self-help in the world that could change the human heart. Only the power of Jesus Christ. And if you're listening to my voice today and you know what I'm saying is true, then you are forced to make a decision. And before I give this opportunity, I want to tell you something very important. The Bible says that you can't just come to God whenever you want. That you have to be drawn by His Spirit. God is drawing people right now I believe as I'm speaking, something's coming alive in you. God's drawing you. This is the opportunity. But the Bible says, because God is a gentleman, that He will allow you to say no to Him. God will allow you to reject Him. And the Bible says that you can reject God so many times that He will hand you over to your life of sin. In the Bible, there's a story of Moses coming before Pharaoh with many plagues, and it says that Pharaoh hardened his heart, and the last time, the last plague, the Bible says that God hardened Pharaoh's heart. And some people get offended by that, and they say, why would God harden Pharaoh's heart? Well, that's not the correct word that was used. You see, the word that was used is God strengthened Pharaoh's heart. What does that mean? Pharaoh told God, over and over and over. I want nothing to do with you. I'm not letting your people go. I will not serve you. I don't want anything to do with you, God. That was already his heart position, was it not? And finally, God says, if that's really what you want, and he let him go. It's like having a rebellious child, and you say, just go and do it then. You'll see. Strengthening their heart position already. The Bible says that you can harden yourself so much to God that He will hand you over to what you think you really want. But here's the problem. The Bible uses this phrase, beyond the point of repentance. You can harden yourself so much to God that it will be impossible for you to say yes to Him again because He gave you the very thing you wanted, nothing to do with Him. Why am I saying that? Because today, at the sound of my voice, if 1% of your heart knows that you need Jesus, it isn't too late for you. But you don't know that if you say no to God again, you'll ever get another chance. It's not even because you could die on the way home. 
It's because you have said, I want my heart to be calloused towards God so I can live how I want. You could live 70 more years and never have an opportunity to say yes to God again because you've hardened yourself. Guys, this is so serious. This is more than life and death because that's quick. Life is a wisp. It's a vapor. You know it's here today. It's gone tomorrow. I was just these kids' age, and now I'm 33 with two kids, and the next thing I know, I'll be 60. And you are just graduating high school, and now look. You're on your second career. Some of you on your second marriage, and you're thinking, where did life go? It's happening, guys. But eternity goes on forever. And the Bible says that when you think about eternity, you purify yourself. Isn't that interesting? That the human being that imagines themselves before God, not with all these people, just you and God, because that day is coming. And the Bible says that that will be a great and terrible day. For those of us who love God, that will be a great day because I'm meeting my father. First time ever, face to face. I'm meeting my friend. I'm not meeting a stranger. I'm not terrified. I'm so excited to meet God because I've gone through a lot of hell following him, but it's been worth it. I can't wait. But for some people, that will be a for most people, that will be a terrible day. And it doesn't have to be terrible because you can make the decision today, just like I did on my bed when God confronted me. You can say, God, you're right. Because to confess isn't your good idea. The word confession simply means to say the same thing. God says, you are wrong and you need to be reconciled to me. And when you confess, you say, Lord God, you are right. I need you desperately. And this is what I said on my bed. 25 years in the church, worship drummer. I said, God, I don't even know where to start. I hate my life, but you seem to want it. So I give it to you. Whatever that actually means, I'm giving you my life and I'm making a decision to follow you and your teachings every day until I'm dead. Hey, thanks for listening to today's podcast. Acts 20.27 says, For I have not hesitated to proclaim the whole counsel of God. And that's something that we're trying to do at King's Church. We're trying to steward God's word and share it to a generation. If you want to partner in us sharing the whole counsel of God's truth, please text KCNYC to 77977 and partner with us here at King's Church to get God's message, his whole counsel, all over the place on podcasts and on radio and around the world so believers like you would be encouraged. Thanks.